Good day, my friends. I want you to listen to this sound. <sighs> that is a big sigh because the 2022 People's Choice Podcast Awards voting is now closed. I know, right? Oh, thank God. I will find out on September 30th, which is International Podcast Day, if I win or not. And I'll tell you ahead of time where you can watch me lose once again. <laughs> See, positive thinking goes a long way. <laughs> but meanwhile, my 2022 sweeps period still has a bit to go. And today's episode is part of sweeps that I've been very much looking forward to. Now that the judges are no longer voting, I can turn to putting some of the hot sexual topics, both from my Joey After Dark Rescued episodes, plus some new content. And today, oh, today is part one of a new two-part series with YouTube star Davey Wavy. Now, if you watch any LGBTQ content on YouTube, I can pretty much guarantee that Davey's videos have shown up in your suggestions. Davey Wavy has dozens of videos on his channel that push the limits of sexuality on YouTube. Now, obviously, he does not have naked guys on his YouTube videos. Sad, Joey. But he gets into sexual topics for the gay community. Now, additionally, Davey is a well-known gay porn producer and director. We talk in depth about his gay porn productions and his amazing Himeros.tv website that has many hot, steamy gay porn videos for your enjoyment. Now, there's a link down below in the show notes that will take you to a very hot preview video that I know you're going to enjoy. And one of the wonderful things about Davy's Productions are that they are not just filled with young, beautiful guys like all the other companies do. Although, there is abundance of those as well. But he also has older guys in videos. And that representation for us older gay guys is very welcome. In his videos, both for YouTube and Himeros.tv, Davey talks about love and sex, often appearing shirtless. He began by making videos that addressed misconceptions about gay people, like that all gay men are hairdressers, or are sexually promiscuous, or that we're weak. But he now also describes his videos as focused on the misconceptions, the stigmas, and issues within our LGBTQ community. Those include slut-shaming, a lack of respect for elder gays, femme-shaming, HIV, and body issues, to name a few. Davey Wavy is a great representative for the gay community in how he creates his media. He not only creates films with hot gay sex, really, really hot gay sex, but he does it in a way that elevates that medium to so much more than just porn. His production values, which is something that's very important to me in videos, 
production values. It's filmed well. It's lit well. It has interesting places that they film. He has great production values of the highest quality, and I have great appreciation for the standards that Davey maintains in all his videos. Additionally, Davey and I spend some time talking about our personal likes and dislikes of different kinds of porn. I talk about the 70s and 80s and 90s, and we just talk about the various things that we like and dislike, whether or not it gets right into sex, whether or not there's a storyline, some kink. All of that is covered during this interview. So I am honored to have him for this two-part interview. So gentlemen, please give it up for Davey Wavy. This show is part of the Pride 48 Network. Find all the best shows under the rainbow at pride48.com. Hey, Davey. How are you? Hey, I'm doing well. How are you doing? <laughs> I's doing good. You know what was great is that when you reached out to me um, a while ago about coming back on the show, which is very exciting, we had done a show a couple years ago where I did your video show and then you uh, did a segment with me as well. And I know that that was a really popular episode. And so when I'm now tacking gay pornography into the title of this, I'm pretty much expecting that uh, everybody and their uncle are going to be listening <laughs> to this. Yeah. Giving the people what they want. You know, you're going to throw them some red meat. It is true. Yeah. So let me start. I We had originally talked about doing this uh, a couple months ago, and we had a, a date set to do it, and I got COVID-19. And because of a lot of medical issues, I had to go on to the medication. I got over it pretty easily. But in your life, in your filming life, in uh, the production side of the uh, videos that you do, how has COVID-19 affected you more since we've been able to get back together again, even though at the start it was with masks and all? Yeah. Well, there's like two pieces to this. First, there's kind of the like logistical piece that all of us have been navigating, whether you, you know, fly in a plane or go to a doctor's appointment, which was like when we first started back at production, there was all sorts of testing and masks and social distancing. And it's like, okay, <laughs> like all that's great, but like we're filming pretty much the highest risk thing that can be done, which is literally people exchanging saliva and liquids, you know, yeah. on camera. Um, so there was a couple month period where we really couldn't do anything. And we tried to get creative with like filming like zoom hookup sessions. And it, there was a time and a place for that. But like, I mean, what people really love is the hot, sexy, like, you know, in-person interactions. Um, so once we got back into it, there was a lot of protocol. But I would say the bigger piece is just more kind of philosophically how it's impacted the work that we do. And I think with COVID, we just had to be so freaking nimble. Like we had to be ready to um, like change at a moment's notice, to be flexible, whether that's because 
you know, flights get canceled, travel restrictions change, uh, a model tests positive for COVID before a shoot. Like we just had to be so, so flexible. And it gave me a different relationship with the work that we do. Like I'm producing all this porn. Um, and so I'm in charge of the schedule and the logistics and the everything's timed down to 15 minute intervals. And um, with COVID, it was like, hey, that's great that you think you're in control, but you're really not. <laughs> and I think something now, like as we kind of come out of COVID is really rolling with that flexibility that when things present themselves on set, you may have a, a, a certain vision, but what unfolds is something a little bit different than that to really run with it and to be flexible and to be less attached to this like specific vision that I have. Um, and I think as a result, like we've really kind of like rolled with the punches a lot uh, more frequently and, the work feels a little bit more um, there's these like spontaneous moments that can happen. And I think like the content is all the better for it. Um, so that's kind of what I learned from this God awful pandemic of the last two and a half years. It's crazy, isn't it? Yeah. You know, when, uh, when I ever first heard about the, the potential pandemic was on a Joe Rogan podcast. And I was telling my husband about it afterwards. And I'm saying, you know, this, this guy he had on, you know, really believes that this is going to spread outside of China, possibly across Europe, possibly even, you know, to the United States. And there could be a lockdown. I remember saying there could be a lockdown of a couple weeks. Right. And, uh, God, it went crazy. So when you're doing your filming during this period, do you do most of your filming in Southern California? No, we almost never film in, in Southern California. Yeah, it's just too... Um, for us, like the ideal filming location is like really remote, um, somewhere where there's no distractions, like a, a, a castle in... France or like a farmhouse in northern Germany, something like that. Jeez, nice. Yeah, <laughs> well, <laughs> it is nice, but there's a couple reasons for that. Like, and they're not all sexy, which is, you know, like when you do a film shoot with porn stars, uh, a lot of them are like 20 year olds that are um, scrolling through Grinder and also engaged in sex work. And like the content that we film is really about intimacy and vulnerability. And like, we really try to hold a container. And the last thing we want is to like, say film something in Los Angeles where all the models have a million distractions at the tips of their fingers. Yeah. Um, so we go where there's no distractions and usually that's some pretty remote locations. So during the COVID period here, did you go by what, the public health recommendations were at that time only, or did you as a producer also decide on your own requirements and protocols that would be in place for filming? Yeah, we stuck to pretty much what the guidelines were for, for film production. Um, and I mean, <clears throat> the porn world was kind of set up to navigate this, I think a little bit better because 
we do testing anyway, you know, and um, it just meant that instead of just testing models for STDs, we're testing models for STDs and COVID and the crew for COVID. So this idea of incorporating testing was something we were already navigating anyway. Um, and so it wasn't, it wasn't a huge like additional burden of energy and effort to, to keep everyone safe. Did you come out with some positive tests that might have fucked up your filming schedule? We didn't. We had a couple models test positive before um, before the shoot, um, especially when we were in that like peak uh, Omicron spike last year. Um, but when we do our film shoots, it, we kind of have um, we overbook because there's always stuff that happens, like whether it's models missing flights or. Um, you know, someone just disappears on you or someone doesn't pass their STD screening. So we always kind of like overbook models for projects. And if everyone shows up, awesome. We just have tons of options and we'll throw in an orgy scene. (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) But um, so we're kind of just like, there's the redundancies like built into the way that we film. This is, this is the, the glamorous life of a porn producer. Well, I think that's probably what a lot of people don't realize. And I would, you know, kind of like to dig into through this episode is, uh, you know, we're observers and we have no idea what's going on. So I'm going to be hitting you up on all kinds of what's going on with this and what's going on with that. So let's hit the main subject that everybody tuned in for. And that's going to be let's talk about the porn breaking it down into different categories. And I'm going to ask you maybe to give your answer as kind of a two-hatted thing. Answer it as a producer, but I also want to know your personal likes and dislikes. Yeah. Okay. Okay, great. Okay, let's go. So the first category, amateur versus professional. I will say I love amateur And pretty much amateur only. And what do you love about it? When I used to be into just the regular produced porn that you would go to a video store and buy, I guess it was V8. God, was it V8? No, had to be DVDs. Please let it be DVDs, not VHS. (laughs) But, uh, you know, they would all be the same kind of formula. And honestly, like in some of them... Because there is a storyline on some videos, and some videos are pretty much straight into business, I like the storyline setups. I found them interesting, even though they're, you know, fake as shit. But once it got to the actual sexual aspect, it was like, yeah, 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 kiss, kiss, suck, suck, fuck, fuck, boom. Okay. Every single time. And the thing I like about amateur is... It's not as pre-planned. I'm sure there's some planning involved. The lighting is not perfect. The, you know, it, it does, it's not edited beautifully. It's just normal guys trying to do their own thing in front of the camera, hoping that somebody out there is going to appreciate what they're doing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So my take on this would be, because I like both, but I like good amateur porn or good professional porn. Like there's plenty of garbage of both. And, and I think this amateur versus professional, I think like the, the current iteration of that would more be only fans versus studio work. Right. 
Um, The amateur porn today is OnlyFans. And the promise with OnlyFans was that you're going to get an intimate look into a model who you, you know, enjoy following or you think is really sexy, an intimate look into their like actual sex. You get to see their actual apartment or home, the people that they're actually fucking. That's the promise. There's this, this promise of authenticity. Now, I think in actuality, what I see generally on OnlyFans is basically the same shit that you see in most studio porn, just with lower production value. Like a lot of models, they're like, okay, I'm going to Miami for the weekend. I'm going to film eight collabs over the course of two days with this model, this model, this model. And so it's just like another two people fucking in a hotel room. And to me, that's just as uninspired as, you know, most of the professional content out there. Um, And it's doing it without any sort of production value. So it's like, you have to squint to even see it. Um, And, you know, they're using like tripod setups and everything. Now, when it's done well, and there's plenty of creators that are doing an awesome creative job at it, the amateur porn can be awesome. And you can lose yourself in it because... Um, you can almost believe that like, (laughs) this is real sex. It's not staged. They're doing it because they really want to do it. Um, And that can be really fun. On the other side, like there is professional porn that, um, I mean, depending on the storyline, depending on, on how they spin it, that can be really fun. Um, What I get lost at is like, if it's um, like, really really brightly lit like uh, like i need to have some there needs to be some believability for for me to 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 kind of like buy into the fantasy of it and a lot of the professional stuff that i see is like you know just these again it's a hotel room with these bright bright lights and the ass is blown out everything is just like like <laughs> glowing and light. It's like, you know, shadows <laughs> exist in the world. Like, <laughs> like it, It's okay to make this look a little more realistic, you know? Yeah. For me, the amateur is more along the lines of the gay sides of Pornhub and X videos. I'm, I'm a cheap bastard. I have never paid for an OnlyFans, even if it's somebody that I've liked. However, the pros and cons, the good, the bad, whether they should, whether they shouldn't, there are clips of most people's OnlyFans on Pornhub or X videos. So I tend to kind of get my feed that way. Well, but can I just push back on that a little bit? That it's like, if you really enjoy something and it's adding value and pleasure to your life, like you should support the people that are creating it. You know, you pay to go to the movies. There's lots of things that we pay to enjoy in life. Um, It's a kind of entitled perspective to say, like, I enjoy consuming porn, but I'm not going to support it financially. I'm just going to take, take, take. Um, I think when you're like 18 years old and you're in college and, you know, you're living paycheck to paycheck, it's one thing. But like, if you have the ability to support the performers that you like, then I think it's important to consider um, subscribing to their OnlyFans. I think that's fair. Certainly the people that are producing good content, I guess what I'd call true content for OnlyFans, because there are people who are big name people, 
I can't think of anybody offhand, but they have OnlyFans accounts where they literally never get naked or never you know, do anything sexual. Right. It's more of a peering into their private life that you may not get without going on to OnlyFans. Well, and also a lot of it is just a scam, right? It's like for, for these like Instagram influencers, it's like they try to get you on their OnlyFans and they'll show some skin, but like there's not going to be, <laughs> there's not going to be nudity and they're just banking off, you know, people kind of falling for the bait. I have great respect for the people that tell you right up front, um, look, you're never going to see full frontal for me. It's not going to happen. If you come on to OnlyFans, I am going to show you parts of my life you wouldn't normally see, maybe filmed in the shower with steam, you know, whatever. But you're not going to see, you know, dick going into ass, dick going into pussy. It's not going to happen. And as long as people say up front that's the case, right? then, you know, it's great. I think for the people that, that don't mention it, and then they don't produce content that would have nudity in it, it only takes a month or two for a viewer to get off of OnlyFans if they're not seeing what you expect to see from OnlyFans, I guess. That creator is going to get like a one-time payment. They're not going to have someone that subscribed for, you know, a lifetime or for several, several months or years. Yeah. Of course, there is a certain amount of uh, just like a gym membership. Gyms rely on your you paying for a membership and then not going, really, that you will forget that you are paying monthly or you will say, oh, I'm going to keep my membership going because you never know. I might go back if the membership's there. And I think maybe there's a certain amount of people that just completely forget that they've signed up for it. So they may get a good six months out of a person before they realize and bail out. Yeah. And, and by the way, like the studio that I own him, Rose TV, obviously we're also subscription based. Um, we really, every week we're, we're, um, uploading a new video release and they're also wildly different and creative and interesting. It's our hope that people don't forget, but that they, you know, tune in each week, they get excited by the content that we make inspired by it and and they decide they want to stick around for for a while um so yeah but i'm sure there are people (laughs) there are people that kind of you know join and forget but we really try to keep them engaged for people that you know they probably have 10 things they've signed up for that they're not even remembering that is going on and why don't i have any money (laughs) i wonder how about solo versus multiple people And I'll say because I used to watch so much of that stuff in the 80s and the 90s, I tend to go for more solo stuff now, as long as it's very creative or creatively filmed solo stuff. And what does that look like for you? Basically, it's a guy jerking off almost always, but it might be an attractive guy in a bathtub with bubbles jerking off. It might be somebody uh, that Does it in the shower. Tons of people do that. Uh, There's a guy that I watch that he takes showers at his gym and he tends to have his phone going while he's showering and he talks to people over the partition between the showers while he's jerking off. And the people that he's filmed that we see the videos of, they 
are completely oblivious to what he's doing while they're having the conversation. And I just find that really hot. You know, it's creative. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, there's also like fantasy versus desire. And fantasy is stuff that is maybe really fun and lives in your head. Desire is stuff that you actually intend to do. I think for me, I like solo videos and I like... I like, you know, multiple partners. My, I start to drop off when there's like three or four or more people on, uh, because it's just, it's like going to Cirque du Soleil or something. Like there's just so much going on. (laughs) It's like, I don't know where to look. The camera doesn't know where to look, you know, and it's just, it gets very overwhelming. Uh, Valid porn. And I think as a porn producer, like, you, you know, you always hear these like, there's a, a certain um, like excitement to like this orgy scene, right? Like, Ooh, like the more dicks, the better. And in actuality, I think especially from like a narrative perspective, from, you know, a story arc perspective, it's really difficult to make something interesting when there's like 12 people in it. It's like, okay, great. Yeah. Like this person's fucking over there. This person's fucking over there. Like I would rather see one character have kind of this journey through the through the video, um, and uh, and so like two people is great for me. You know, maybe three fine, but like I don't <laughs> I don't need much more than that. Um, mm-hmm. And with the solo stuff, like it's it it takes a certain model to really pull off an interesting scene. If it's just one person, right. And it's going to immediately take off like sucking, fucking rimming, kissing, none of that stuff is going to happen. So it takes a certain kind of performer to be like, yep, it's just me for 15 minutes. And I'm going to make this fucking interesting for you. Um, and we've done a few that have really probably my favorite it's coming out in a couple weeks. Um, we filmed with Nico Nova. Um, he's a great kind of up and coming model that we've worked with quite a, quite a bit. Um, and it's a jerk off scene. He's kind of waking up in the morning and he looks over and there's a crucifix on the wall and it's got this like really hot chiseled Jesus, like hanging from it. And he's getting turned on by like the abs and the, you know, the V lines and the biceps of Jesus and he's getting a boner and he starts jerking off. And then he's got like, he's got butt plugs and he's got prostate simulators and he's got a flesh jack. And he's like, I mean, he does everything. Like that boy works for that load. Um, all the while kind of sneaking over these like these um, little peaks at the, at the crucifix. Um, and so he finally comes and he reaches into his closet and he pulls out a clergy outfit, gets dressed up. Turns out he's a priest, rings the church bell and then goes to say mass. Um, and we filmed the whole thing in an old church. So like, I mean, that's a fucking journey. Do you know what I mean? Like, yes, that's a solo video, but it's got like it, like no one's going to watch that 15 minute video and the end be like, well, that was boring. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, this this scene that I'm describing, by the way, the title of it when it comes out is "Hung on the Cross." <laughs> nice, of course. <laughs> nice. Of course, that it works is really well. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. How about storyline versus right into it? And I explained that I tend to go for the storyline stuff already. 
Yeah, I think, I, I mean, it depends on my moment, right? Like if I'm just trying to jerk off and I want it one and done, whatever, and I'm scrolling through Twitter, I, like I don't need a whole story. But in general, I do appreciate a storyline. And for me, the ones that um, that I enjoy the most are when they end in a place that is completely unexpected and yet delightful. So we in January filmed a series called flesh of the gods, and it's based on the archetypes of the Greek gods and goddesses that we as gay men embody. Um, not just that we embody that our lovers embody that our fuck buddies embody. Um, and it's reimagined in kind of a modern format. So we're not talking about like togas and like golden crowns, right? Like we're talking about how you as an individual might express part of the archetype of Zeus. Um, so we did the scene like Zeus, um, like his archetype is about like the acquisition of power by fucking people, almost like keeping the tally marks, the notches on the bedpost bed kind of thing. And, um, and so the scene opens with that, right? It's like guy after guy, almost like revolving door, next, next ass, next mouth, next ass, next mouth. So there's this kind of montage of just all this Zeus, just fucking one person after another. And he's literally taking chalk and like, and tallying it, um, behind his bed. And then this very innocent seeming twink comes in. And, you know, Zeus is big and he's muscular and he's got a big dick and he's kind of just trying to go through the motions and push the twink's head down and, you know, like suck my dick, do this, like be a good boy. You're all the same. Like <laughs> we've been here before. And the twink just keeps time after time making an attempt to connect with Zeus. Um, and finally he kind of positions himself in such a way that his dick is in Zeus's face and Zeus starts to suck it. And he's kind of like, Ooh, like uh, this is unusual, but ooh, I'm kind of enjoying this. And by the end of the scene, he's turned Zeus into this like big giant power bottom. And he's got his like <laughs> thick muscular legs up in the air. And the twink is just like drilling the hell out of him. He's Oof. got, he's got Zeus tied up. <laughs> and, um, and at the very end, uh, Zeus tries to, once they've both come, he tries to do like, you know, take his chalk out and make the next tally mark. And the twink is like, Oh bitch, please don't even. And, <laughs> and takes, <laughs> and takes the chalk and throws it. And it's this whole journey. And like, yeah. and it just ends in this place. That's totally um, delightful. And yet unexpected when you start the film. Uh, and to me, that was like, that's fun to jerk off to like, you know, it's right. just a little bit more creative. Right. Have you ever heard of the 1313 films? No. You might want to Google it. There was um, a bunch of films done going back maybe 15 years ago or so by one particular uh, porn producer. It was called 1313 colon and some name of different names. They were all filmed at his, it's not quite a mansion, but it's pretty damn close to being a mansion. I don't know if it's Southern Cal or if it's Canada or where it is, but every storyline would be a group of really hot guys that don't know each other arriving at this place. And it's a big, empty house. It's very modern, very, very modern. And 
they go to their room, they strip down to generally their white jockey shorts. I think it's almost always white jockey shorts. And they walk around the house <laughs> looking for people or what's going on, or maybe they'll lift a couple two and a half pound dumbbells that they've got downstairs, you know, in them in the living room. And then they go back. There's never any sex in it. It's always something that, you know, you might see two guys kissing on the bed and then it cuts to them now leaving the room. So you just, you know, they had sex, but you never saw it. But the setting up of taking showers, uh, tanning themselves, going in the swimming pool, getting to know the other strangers that are there as well. They're really bizarre films. They're enjoyable if you like storyline. If you want to see Dick, don't bother with them. Yeah, well, so what did they, why don't they show the actual fucking? I think he wanted it to be as vanilla as possible to maybe to get on as many uh, sites as possible. I, I, I know I've watched it on, again, those two porn sites I go to, but yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if you saw clips just on YouTube. I've never looked for them, but I wouldn't be surprised because there's literally nothing that you couldn't show on YouTube. Well, I wonder if if maybe there's like an X-rated version that's like on the subscription site or something. If you weren't so cheap about your porn, maybe. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> Thank you, Davey. No, I, I actually looked into that yeah, thinking, yeah, yeah. yeah, it'd be nice to go a little further. Right. And when you were saying uh, about doing the, the gods one that you don't have togas and uh, the gold right, headbands right. and all of that. There's actually one of the 1313 films that do that. Mm -hmm. It's like 1313 Hercules or something like that. Yeah. And if you like set up like I do, it's good for me to watch this for a little while. And then, okay, it's time to get a little more serious. I leave that and I go to the actual true erotic porn. There you go. I don't know. Yeah. It works for it, me. It's it's bizarre though. Those 1313s, they don't do them anymore, but he did at least 20 of them. Wow. Yeah. 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 We all have, we all have um, kind of certain wanks where afterwards we're kind of like, what did I just jerk off to? <laughs> like, what, what, what was that? So yeah, yes. you're not alone. And going back to the, like the 1980s, uh, when I'm almost, yeah, it would have been on VHS at the time. There was a gay porn producer who I believe is still working, uh, named Chichi LaRue, which is a heavyset guy who dresses in drag throughout all of the films. And I say, all of the films because he does not participate in any of the sexual things, but he's always involved in the setup of how the guys get together. Like I remember there was one where him dressed, you know, in drag as well as some other hot little guys were in a 1950s milkshake shop kind of place. And Chichi LaRue, being heavy set and laughing at himself, sucks down like 10 of these milkshakes until the point where she's kind of like sick to her stomach. I can't do this anymore. I got to get out of here, boys, kind of thing. And then the boys get together and the film continues. How often do you appear in your productions? Yeah, well, I'm on set all the time. I was laughing as you're saying that because I think Chi-Chi LaRue is, is a producer, director, and um, 
I'm just thinking about like when we film how tight the schedule is that the idea of having to schedule like two hours to do drag makeup, (laughs) (laughs) like I'm like, how, what, what set is this? And you have the time to get that pretty. Um, but yeah, I, I'm always on set and occasionally I'm in the videos. We just did a shoot in Wales, um, and our first scene's coming out in a couple weeks and it's a, um, a we're calling it the fuck Olympics. Basically it's a wrestling sequence and I'm the, the referee in it. Um, so I'll kind of put myself in certain like cameo positions. Uh, we had one in a French castle where people were um, there was a twink under the table, like servicing the model and the table was full of cakes and sweets and pastries and so we needed a bunch of bodies of people kind of just enjoying the decadence of this incredible dinner in this in this castle um so i'll participate in like that capacity it's never really more than that i know often my audience they'll send me emails about like well when are you going to be in a video when are you going to be in a film and as a producer it doesn't really work like that. Right. Cause I'm like signing the checks. I'm hiring the models. <laughs> there's um, uh, like a, 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 there's an uneven distribution of power there. And it would, I think for me just quickly veer into the world of being like creepy and inappropriate for it to be anything more than a, a, a cameo. Um, yeah. So yeah. So that's, you know, I have more fun behind the camera taking pictures and, and, making sure that we get what we need to get. You're not like Alfred Hitchcock in that you have to have your image in every single film. Yeah. The last thing I need to see is like more of my face on camera. (laughs) Yeah. Well, now in following your stuff in, and a lot of it, I'll admit, since I don't go to pay sites, as we all remember now, (laughs) um, I'll go on YouTube and You've had different YouTube channels in every one of them. Well, first of all, I can't ever remember you wearing a shirt. Yeah. But I'm sure you do somewhere along the way. You set up collaborations with various uh, YouTube personalities or uh, porn stars where, again, it's almost like the 1313 stuff in (laughs) that you get it going and you kind of cut it off right where... People would be like, more please, more please, which is, you know, the point of doing that kind of thing is to draw people to your other stuff, I'm sure. But you're all over the internet, obviously, as, as a personality yourself. Do you ever see that get in the way of being a producer and director? Because everybody, literally everybody knows who you are, Davey. If they're gay, they know who you are. <laughs> um, For me, my... YouTube channel is is the way that I'm able to have a porn site Himeros TV, right? Like that yeah. if I didn't have this audience, it would have been a lot more um it would have been a lot more difficult to really kind of get this thing off the ground. Um so there's people that have been watching my videos for like 15, 16 years and uh I've always created content about the things that are interesting to me and I'm 39 now. And like, what's interesting for me is sex and sexuality. And I think for those people in my audience that are um, feeling something similar in their own journey, it's exciting to be able to kind of like take this, this next step. So a lot of the content that I make on YouTube now is 
um, showcasing either like behind the scenes content from our, our, our Himeros porn shoots, or it's a way to meet the models that we're filming with. Um, I still do some of the silly things um, that people like. Um, and uh, we just, in Wales, we filmed a what's up my butt challenge. And so like two of the models, um, you know, we're guessing what they were putting up each other's butts and you had to guess, is it, you know, is it a computer mouse? Is it, is it a butt plug? Is it a pineapple? <laughs> you know, whatever. They had to guess while something was being put in there. Yeah. So one would put like, something what up. What does this yeah. feel like? Yeah. 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 Is this a sex toy? Is this a household object? You know, we, is this a lightsaber? <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Um, and it's silly, but also at the end of the day, like, I mean, I grew, I grew up Catholic. Like I grew up in a world where people were so serious about sex. It was just completely filled with shame and guilt. So to create content where people are laughing and joyfully engaging around gay sex, um, there's a value to that. It's silly. Um, it's even stupid, but like, it's also, I think, important for people to see gay men experiencing joy around their sex and sexuality. So in your own history, going all the way back 15, 16 years, did you ever show a full frontal in anything that you've released to the public? Uh, no, I haven't. Um, no. Yeah. And on, and on YouTube, of course, I, I can't. Oh, yeah. But, yeah. Um, but you've shown you've shown your butt quite a bit. I think, I think here or there, maybe here or there. There's been a little, yeah. a little butt instance. Yeah. But yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's, um, I don't know for me, like being a porn, like I'm not interested in being a porn star myself. And so I would rather use my platform to kind of showcase the professionals that where that is part of their, their journey and their work. So that's kind of how it's, how it's been. So at the very beginning, you never had any inkling to do the sexual performing yourself? Never? You've always just wanted to be behind the camera, more or less? When, when I first launched Timorose TV, I think f uh, almost five years ago, um, I was trying to kind of f figure out what that balance would be. Like, does my audience want me to be in the videos? How much am I comfortable being in it? And I did this video called uh, Davy's Foot Fantasy, and it was me and a, uh, a model who I'm friends with in real life and who I've played with in real life. And um, when we were discussing the scene, he was originally supposed to film with someone else. And that other person was like, well, I don't really care if my feet get worshipped or not. It's kind of just neutral to me. And so the model was like, well, can I lick Davy's feet? Because I know he really enjoys it. And I was like, oh, yeah, I guess so. Like, why not? Like, I'm not going to be naked. I'm just going to be like sitting on a swing, getting my, my, my feet worshiped. Um, I think I feel comfortable doing that. And so, so I did that and we released the scene. And then I thought, I was like, you know, people know that I own the site. They don't know what my relationship is with this model. Like, and did this model really want to do this? Or are they just saying yes, because they want to get rehired for like another project? And, and so it's almost like you can't, even when you get consent, when there's a power dynamic like that, it still doesn't necessarily mean what you need it to mean. So, um, I was like, you know, I would rather just avoid this altogether. And 
at a certain point, like this is going to read as creepy anyway. So let me just like, <laughs> let me just nip it in the bud and, and focus on being uh, behind the camera. And I also think people were frustrated, like, okay, if you're going to be in front of the camera, then fucking show the goods. You know what I mean? Like, don't just sit in the yeah. swing, like take your dick out. Like if you're going to do it, fucking do it. Don't, don't be in the middle there. So that's kind of how that went down. When you go to, uh, social places like clubs or bars or um, circuit parties or whatever in the history of, you know, you doing this pretty much, I would assume every single appearance you do, somebody asks you why you're not in front of the camera. Would that be fair? Uh, yeah, I wish you saw my face when you said, when I go to bars and circuit parties, I was like, I was like bars What's and circuit that? parties. Yeah. Like I can't, <laughs> I don't think I've ever been to a circuit party. Um, I also don't drink. So like going to a bar is like the last place that, that okay. anyone would find me. But, um, but yeah, I do get asked often about, yeah, being, being on camera and, um, yeah. And it's just not, it's just not in the cards yeah. for me. Yeah. 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 No, that's, that's, that's fair and that's good. And it's, I think it's really good that you give that message just out there. You don't try to tease people about it. You're like, no, I'm behind the camera. Yeah. That, yeah. A lot of respect for that. So, gentlemen and ladies, don't miss part two of this interview, the conclusion of this series with Davey Wavy coming next Sunday night. Meanwhile, don't forget to use the links below to get hot previews of his Himeros.tv site. There is a link to one of the previews, as well as a link to the home touring page of Himeros.tv in the show notes. Check them out for some amazingly hot content that I know you will enjoy. And remember, Himeros.tv not only has younger models in videos, but he also has content that showcases older gay men, which is just so nice to see. Meanwhile, thanks again to all my listeners who took the time to vote for me in the 2022 People's Choice Podcast Awards. You don't have to do it for another whole year, so enjoy that. Many of you actually have become like family, and you really mean the world to me. This is Joey Hernandez. See you very soon. Hugs, guys. Bye for now.